the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Now, why for 2,000 years have Christians been so enthusiastic about proclaiming the gospel, willing to give their life, even willing to die? Well, the answer to the commitment level of the church could be found in Acts 10, 40 and 43. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly. And whosoever believeth in his name, Jesus, shall receive the remission of sins. That's worth getting excited about, and we are. And this is Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper, the American Family Radio Network, and you, dear friends. We're very honored that you're listening, and uh, we're going to continue in Acts later on. We'll take Bible questions and phone calls, but Bert, that is the gospel. Peter preaches it. Paul reiterates it. Philip shared it, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ for the sins of the world, and we receive that forgiveness by putting our trust in Jesus. That's our message now. That was the message then, wasn't it? That message has changed lives all over the world and is still changing lives. Jesus lives. He lives today. How do I know he lives? He lives within my heart. He has made his home in our hearts as we have followed him. Alex, in Acts chapter 10, again, I I know I think I've said it all this week. These few chapters here, all the chapters are awesome in Acts, but these are, uh, I would say, pivotal because it shows Peter as he's expanding. He's a Jew, man, and he's been doing the ministry in Jerusalem among Jews, and God is bringing him out, and he's bringing him to a a place in his life where he's going to come to the de- conclusion that God could even save Gentiles. <clears throat> now, how did he do that? Luke, if you would, Alex, I want you to comment on this. I'll read it and you comment, and I'll emphasize the part that I, I really want you to comment on. Verse 28, then he said to them, this is Peter, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to another nation, but God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Mm. I, God has shown him, and some of us are kind of hard-headed, <laughs> and he might have to show us again and again and again. But here, uh, if you remember, three times God let down that sheet to, for him to see about those animals. And God says, "What I don't call it common, but he got the message. God wasn't just talking about animals. He was talking about men and women and boys and girls all over the world, wasn't he? Well, yes, and just the whole message of equality, you wouldn't even have that message of equity and equality, social justice, the 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 left uses that term so incorrectly. There could be no justice unless there's a holy God and an equal moral playing field that we're all accountable to. And, you know, nowadays we're having kind of relativism and social revisionism literally shoved down our throats, but we are fallen sinners, 
but we're equal in the eyes of God. Now, nobody gets a free pass on anything, at least in the eyes of God. And so all can be saved. Whosoever will may come, but all must come to be born again. And when God had shown him that, it changed everything in Peter's life. And uh, therefore, verse 29, because God has shown me, verse 28, verse 29 says, Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent. For I asked then, For what reason have you sent me? Cornelius told him what God had told him to do to send for him. Now, we've already read that because it's repeating it again. It gets repeated basically three times. But verse 34, and, and you need to go back to other verses you can, but I wanted to see get to verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by God. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism with John preached, how God, and this is how he does it, how Jesus Christ changed lives. Now, Alex, Peter uh, is opening his eyes. Uh, He thought maybe this was just for the Jews. He thought this was mainly for the area around uh, Jerusalem. But here, his, would you say his eyes are open to the vision of God desiring the world to know him? Yeah, and, and let me say, a big part of the reason that I think the Jewish leaders, really the religious hierarchy of the day, they had a hard time believing that Gentiles could be saved, um, they had really, for lack of a better word, a spiritual pride really almost a spiritual arrogance that had been bred into them, and the idea that it's by grace. Look, we should have standards. We should live righteously, but all the righteous living in the world isn't what saves us. Uh, It's only by Jesus. And to realize that, think about this, because for people whose whole identity was predicated on spiritual um, one-upmanship, here's the thing. The Gentiles are not worse than you, and you're not better than them. We're all sinners, and we come and we receive the free grace of Jesus. Bert, the message of grace makes some people nervous, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. But listen, this grace is not cheap. And some people, oh, that's cheap grace. No, it's not. It's costly grace. It costs Jesus his life on the cross, the perfect sacrifice becoming sin for us. And so, yes, this grace is so awesome. Uh, you can use it as an acrostic, God's riches at Christ's expense. Uh, some has called it the un, un, in unmerited favor of God, the grace of God. Listen, it is all of that. Jesus Christ comes into your life. And once you experience this grace, according to what Paul said in Corinthians and, and, and Peter says, it changes our lives. It really changes our lives. And so we pray that those who are listening today, your life has been changed by Jesus Christ. If it has not, and you feel like, man, I'd like to know about Jesus. I've heard about him. I've heard you guys talk about him. But I, I really want to have that relationship with him. There's a number you can call. They're our partners. It's 888-NEED-HIM. 
Triple Eight need him, and they will help you. They will pray with you and uh, let you know how for certain that you have been born again. So, Alex, here, Peter, uh, he's preached the gospel at Pentecost, and now here he is. He's preaching the gospel once again, making it clear, and he talks this all the way. Listen to these verses, <clears throat> verse 39 and 40, and then I'll throw it to you. And we're witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him hmm. God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Alex, this, yes, you said it, this gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Peter said, we are witnesses of it, and it's changed our lives. Amen. Uh, I've got to read a song lyric here from Rock of Ages. You know the great song, Rock of Ages, Cleft for Me. Now listen, folks, this will humble you. And like Spurgeon so articulately said, we flee to the cross. Listen to this. Not the labor of my hands can fulfill the law's demands. Could my zeal no respite? No. Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. Wow. I mean, I mean, really. Uh, living righteously, that's appropriate. That's good. But that's not what saves us. It's the righteousness of Christ. And the idea that, the, as the song, another song says, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Some people find that hard to, hard to swallow. Uh, we're not better than anybody else. Uh, but... We have come to the one who is righteous above all, and that's Jesus. Now, I love how in Acts 10, you you read how God raised him up and showed him openly. Jesus rose from the dead. That's what sets him apart from everybody else who ever lived. Only Jesus can give you life because only Jesus could conquer death. You know, if I'm going to have eternal life, I need to go to the one who's more powerful than death. Amen. And verse 43, whosoever believes in him shall receive the remission of sins. Now, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. Okay, of the circumcision, that's Jews. That's religious Jewish leaders. They were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. In other words, please stay with us. All right, this is amazing that salvation is for the, the Jews and the dogs, the Gentiles. <laughs> but this, here is astonishing reality number two, that the Jews get the Holy Spirit and so do the Gentiles, that these Gentiles get the same impartation of the Holy Spirit. Now, Bert, the baptism, as I understand it, they had what was called a mikvah bath. And probably at this point, this is so early in, I know there are house churches, but I don't know that any Christians had built dedicated church buildings yet. And so it maybe they baptized in in a creek or a river or a lake, 
But if it was in a cistern, if it was in some tiled spring, that would have been a ritualistic Jewish mikvah bath. But this is the new covenant. Um, do you know, really appropriately, if if we had been there, they had, could have gone in the, the Herodian temple and had a big worship service to Messiah because all of the implements of the temple or any Jewish religious paraphernalia should now be used to worship Messiah, shouldn't it? It should be, and this is interesting. Uh, here it is, and, and I, you know, we well, we'll come back to that. We're we're going to talk. We're going to stay in chapter ten, the end of it, and then we'll get into chapter eleven. And uh, you don't want to miss this. God is at work. His Holy Spirit is coming upon people, and uh, they're going to be shocked at what God is doing because God is saving Gentiles. Stay tuned for more here on Exploring the Word. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Just give me Jesus. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bertie and Alex with you today, and we're in the book of Acts. We're finishing up chapter 10, about to go into 11. But before we go into 11, Alex, I want you to, uh, I, I know you've noticed it, but I do want to bring it to our attention. The Holy Spirit fell. They spoke in tongues. That's in Acts chapter 10. Now, notice the order. The Holy Spirit fell. They spoke in tongues, and then they were baptized. Oh, got you got that? Now listen yes. to Acts 19, where the Ephesians spoke in tongues. And it, it says it very plainly. It says, uh, chapter 19, Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues. Now, notice it's a different order. Uh, it, the whole idea is what they did first was believe. They trusted. In Acts 10, it's the Holy Spirit fell. They spoke in tongues, and then they were baptized. In Acts 19, they were baptized. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and then they spoke in tongues. Again, why would I make mention of that? Listen, don't don't, don't try to put God in a box. What I you, was just going to, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. You comment on it. You can't put God in a box. You can't. You know? and, and so what happened is they trusted Jesus Christ, and uh, the Spirit of God came upon them. Okay, they're baptized. Listen, what you do is God was doing a work in their lives, and notice who this was. This was first here uh, with Cornelius and all these that was going on, these Gentiles that were there, that was there. And in Acts 19, it is in Ephesus, European continent. Uh, God, or really, it's still Asia Minor, about to go into the European continent. But anyway, it's in different areas, but it was breaking ground. It was pioneer effort. And uh, God made himself known. What a God we serve. And I, I love that. They, they trusted Christ. And Peter, uh, he's going to go back in chapter 11 where we, where we ended off. And let me bring it in. You might want to say more. They went and told the people in Jerusalem. 
and they could not believe it. You mean, and I'm paraphrasing, you mean the Gentiles, it happened to them, what happened to us? And Peter and the six witnesses he had with him says, yes, it did. And obviously, well, I want to get to this because this is great. It says, when they heard these things, talking about the Jews and the Christians that were Christians, the Jews had become Christians in Jerusalem. When they heard these things, verse 18, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, then God also has granted to the Gentiles repentance of life. This is like an op- a wide open thing for them. They didn't believe it was happening. They thought it was just a Jewish thing. But no, it was for the world, wasn't it? Well, it, it really was. And, uh, you know, they're, they're indignant because in chapter 11 it says, When Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision came to contend with him. Now, they that were of the circumcision, that those are the, the religious elites, the Jews, aren't they? And so Peter again recounts the vision that he had. He was uh, asleep, and the voice, the voice of Jesus, it's in red ink in my Bible, says, Arise, Peter, slay, and eat. But I said, No, I don't do anything that's not kosher. Because look at their accusation against him in verse 3. They, uh, they said, you went in to men uncircumcised, uncircumcised and ate with them. <gasps> Isn't that something? <laughs> well, yeah. again, whosoever will may come. But even if, even if they were ranked sinners, let me just say this. And I hope everybody knows that, you know, I believe in the gospel and the gospel only. But a guy I led to the Lord was playing in a band, and he asked me, he said, would you and Angie come to this particular bar and see my band play? And uh, I said, sure. Now, we didn't go to buy a drink. We didn't. And he said, you'd never come to hear my band play. And I said, uh, sure. If And I said, look, if, if it shows you that I care about our friendship, and we went. And do you know, shortly thereafter, uh, I got to lead this guy to the Lord, and then I later got to baptize him and help do his wedding uh, some years down the road after that. Um, now, I don't go to bars as a rule, but if it meant that I could continue building a bridge and share Jesus with this guy, yeah, I went to a bar. Um, here's the thing. Uh, in the context of the gospel, we're all equal. We must be born again. But, Bert, I think, and maybe it's a cliche, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Yeah. Well, one last thing that I want to you remember John Piper? You don't hear that much about him right. as much as we Well, he's to. retired now, so you don't hear quite as much, yes. Yeah, he was in Minneapolis. But um, he had a book about world missions. This is more than 20 years ago. And he asked the question, why do we do missions? And obviously we'll say, well, because people are unsaved, and if they don't get the gospel, they're going to be lost. And he said, that is true. He said, but we, we should care about missions— so there'll be more worshipers for the true God. And isn't that a very God-centric motive for winning the lost? Not merely because people are unsaved and on their way to hell, although without Jesus, yes, that is true. But um, we ought to care not about preserving just our religious preferences like these Jews did at that point, but that people would be rescued through faith in Jesus and there would be more worshipers 
and more glory and honor in eternity for the Savior. Amen. And I think Peter had that heart. I believe he did. And I do not believe he had that before the vision. Okay? There's yes, no sign true. of that. He Because he uses these words, God has shown me. In other words, if God hadn't have shown me that, I would not have believed it. But God showed me that, and this has changed my life. It's changed the world, and it really did. And he goes ahead in this chapter 11, and he tells them and recovers what happened. In verse 17 and 18, listen, If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, now listen to this, who was I that I could withstand God. Now, put those together. First of all, God showed me over here in chapter 10, verse 28, and now in chapter 11, verse 17, who was I that I could withstand God? I Listen, Peter has come convinced that this gospel is for the world. As you said, John Piper talks about more worshipers. We need more worshipers. We want more worshipers. Gathered around the throne of God, when they heard these things, they became silent. Here's Peter. You remember what he said? Man, I've never eaten anything common that's not kosher. I don't eat with anybody that's from a different nationality, different people than me. But God has shown me there's no partiality with God. God has shown me, yes. who am I that I should withstand God? Now, Alex, with that in mind, that's why today's the day of salvation for some people who are listening today. God is showing himself to some people. He's letting them know that they can be saved. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't turn away. Don't let your pride say, well, not now. Don't let your thoughts say, well, no, it's not for me. Listen. God has demonstrated his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ would die for us. Now, who is that? That's every human being that would come to know Jesus Christ as Savior. And so here's Peter awakened to that fact. And again, it really changes the world, doesn't it? It does. Let me throw something out here, uh, Bert. Uh, because as as you've said so well, God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. In our day, everybody's talking about revival. We need a move of God, and we do. Now, there's some keys to that, and we've talked about this many times, obviously prayer and getting our own house in order and our heart right. One of the keys, and I've, I've said this many times, is unity within the body of Christ. If you want to see the Spirit of God really poured out, then pray across the the aisle, Baptist, Methodist, Assembly of God, Pentecostal. I mean, if somebody's born again, their family, and get together and pray. But, Bert, uh, did did you see the movie uh, five, six weeks ago, Jesus Revolution? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, or do you remember, I was, I was pretty young, but I, a little bit, I remember some of those days in the late 60s, early 70s, the Jesus movement. Do you remember some of I that? Did. Listen, I, I was, I'm old enough to have uh, saw the results. Now, in northeast Mississippi, it, we went somewhere else, but we saw God do a great work here. And I remember a group of students, they went to Dallas for this great meeting in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, and, my goodness. And, man, and they, yeah, and they came back sharing with us all that God had done. Listen, it was it was a revolution. It really was. 
Okay, folks, hang with me for a second, because this is worth talking about, I truly believe. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people. In fact, there was a guy named Robert Pittenger that worked for Bill Bright of Campus Crusade, and Bob Pittenger was head of logistics and the sound system. And the, the week at the Cotton Bowl, that Explo 72, Billy Graham was there, Josh McDowell was there, Johnny Cash was there, Bill Bright was there. Well, roughly a half million 500,000 teenagers came over a week or 10-day period, and a lot majorly got a call of God on their life. And, Bert, I would, I would argue that our nation, to a degree, for 50 years rode on the momentum of the Jesus movement. But a lot of people from Josh McDowell and others that were there, they said, you know, a lot because it was the hippies getting saved. It was the young people, the bearded, the not, the late '60s hippies were getting saved, and they go back home, and you know, the high steeple few people, the churches had said no thanks, and a lot of people have said to me that um, had the traditional mainline churches embraced these hundreds of thousands of born-again hippies, and they were born-again, they really were, um, it would have changed the world. All right, now here's my point. The hippies were not liked because they represented everything wrong with the America and the Woodstock generation. Anti-establishment, drugs, and, and that's right. They should have not done those things. But God loved those lost hippies, and many of them got saved. Okay, who... For those of us that love God and country, and Bert, when I finish in about one minute, you critique whatever I'm about to say. But if there's any group that we conservative, flag-waving Christians we really don't like nowadays, it's the LGBTQ trans, because they're anti-family, they're anti-morals, they're anti-scripture, they're anti-America, and God is using them to really damage our culture, but they need Jesus. And what if our churches really made an effort to reach out? And I've really been thinking about doing some conferences, and I'm really praying this through, of specifically trying to go to many of the gay leaders and say, look, um, I'm not here to debate you, but I I want to tell you about Jesus. Because, Bert, I'm telling you, I really think in many ways— Gay America of 23 is analogous to hippie America of 1970. And into that context, the Spirit of God sent a great awakening. And and I'm not saying compromise on morals. Look, morals, marriage, gender, we're, we're not going to give up what the Word of God says. But these people are on their way to hell, and we've got to do something to try to intervene. And I think God would bless it. Bert, am I on the right track? I, I think you're right. Uh, you know, God in the past at certain places sent angels or messengers to individuals, to cities, to try to turn them around. Well, it may not be a city, but it might be a group of people. And again, the way these looked at these Gentiles here in chapter 10 and chapter 11, they looked at it. You mean even God could save them? Uh, they in the hippies. You mean even God could save them? Yes. Can God save those 
in this community who has an agenda of immorality, yes, God can save them and bring them out. Because guess what happened to the hippies? Yeah, they were doing drugs. Yeah, they were, quote, living in commune and and the old way is immorality was reigning, but God intervened and brought them out of it. Alex, uh, I don't think it's going to be therapy. I don't think it's going to be some kind of treatment, drug treatment that uh, would deliver them. It is the good news of Jesus Christ being shared with him. I want to tell you, I've been the privilege of having pastored men and women that were in the homosexual lifestyle, and God saved them, and guess what? God brought them out, and that's what God does, and we've got friends. You and I have friends, AFR. uh, We've got friends, and this is what I'd like to share with you because it's not going to last long. Still may. The Theological Era of Gay Christianity by Stephen Black who was in that lifestyle, and God brought him out. And then another one is the practical ways to minister to the sexually broken. And again, this is Stephen Black, part of that. And you can find that for free, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Or if you want a DVD, you can go to resources.afa.net. And you can find those, Alex, because we need to say we need to minister to the sexually broken, and that's what you're talking about right there. And AFR has resources to help you do that. Yes, and you you know I mean it's it's radical that Saul of Tarsus one day he's persecuting the church, the next day he's preaching Christ. That's amazing. But you wait, and folks, look, God can do this. He's done it throughout history. The most ardent LGBTQ trans activist. You wait till the Spirit of God changes their life and they come out preaching moral, biblical truth. People will be, as they were in Acts, astonished. They will. Hey, 888-589-8840 is the number. If you have a Bible question, 888-589-8840. Alex and I would love to have your call. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Well, welcome back to Exploring the Word, Bert and Alex, and that is one of our favorite songs that brings us in. Uh, it's hard to listen to it without just a man tapping your foot and nearly clapping, so... We do want revival. Uh, Alex, uh, we've got people who are calling in, but we still have room for more. And that number, if you have a Bible question for us today, 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you. Where to first, Alex? Oh, we'll begin in one of my favorite places, Texas, and we're going to speak with Nelson. Uh, Nelson, uh, welcome to Exploring the Word. This is not Willie Nelson, is it? Uh, no, I'm Nelson Galarza. Thank you. Uh, well, God bless you. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> yes, um, the question I have is uh, when uh, God created Earth, right, um, and then he created Adam and Eve, my question is, were the devil and his angels were on Earth already, or they came after the creation of Adam and Eve? Okay. 
Go ahead. Yeah, Alice. I I believe that they were here, um, Nelson. That's a great question, and I think that Satan and the the fallen angels, which are demons, they they were cast down out of heaven before the creation of Adam and Eve, and I think they were, uh, shall we say, in the shadows, watching, lurking, wanting to harm those made in God's image. But the the fall of Lucifer, who became Satan and one-third of the angels fell with him, that occurred at some point prior to the creation of planet Earth and human beings. That seems, or, to, that, that seems to be the timeline. Now, again, it's not fast and hard, but when you put the pieces together, that is the uh, I, I believe it is the way it occurred. And, and again, that's the reason that Garden of Eden was protected. If you remember, it had angels that would go there. And again, um, Nelson, we appreciate that. And the timelines on some of the things in the scriptures, they're definite. And some of the timelines, you okay, this best fits in here. And the way Alex explained it is the best way to that it looks like it fits in. So thank you for your call. Yeah, Genesis 3.24, there was this flaming sword and an angel, yes, a right. cherubim, blocking access to the tree of life. Uh, I'm going to go to the next call, but here, here's the bottom line. Satan could not kill God, so he's tried to harm the ones made in God's image. That's right. Adam and Eve and the human race. Uh, still in Texas, we're going to talk with Dale. Dale, thanks for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Yes, uh, just had a kind of a question. Uh, see if any one of y'all have heard uh, this uh, this idea. Uh, years ago, W. A. Criswell preached through the Bible verse by verse. Uh, I don't know how long it took him, but uh, when when he would uh, get through with a particular book, they would transcribe his messages into. Uh, book form and in the book of acts he commented about the passage y'all are on today and he said that it was no accident that peter was present at pentecost and was instrumental with the holy spirit filling the believers there peter was there at at the revival in samaria uh when the holy spirit filled the believers there, and Peter was there and had to be there at Cornelius' house when this Gentile came to Christ and the Holy Spirit uh, filled them uh, because Jesus had told Peter he was giving Peter the keys to the kingdom. So Peter had to be at all of those places where the Holy Spirit those believers. Have you all ever heard of that? Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, Dale, I have, and I've got some of Dr. Criswell's books that he went through. It took him uh, close to 50 years, I think, if you want to know how long it took, and he did that. Let me say this about that. Uh, God used the apostles in those early days, and Peter was one of the instruments and one of the people but God would also use Paul later on, and that's the one I referred to in Acts chapter 19, uh, there in Ephesus when the Holy Spirit of God fell on them. 
So Alex, he did use apostles, but I think he used uh, Peter in a significant way. Do you think it was given to Peter only, though, those keys? No, uh, no. and listen, I've got a world of respect for W.A. Criswell, and I've got some of his books, and I've got his biography, but, um, and I could be wrong on this, um, I think there was no special thing about Peter necessarily. God sovereignly chose to use him in a number of contexts, but really every believer has the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. What, what's the key that opens the door of heaven? A born-again relationship with Jesus. Um, what about, I mean, we Christians have the potential to participate in the shaping of history. I mean, we really do, Bert. You know, we, we believers have authority because Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and the word there is jurisdiction. So um, if Peter had any power and any keys, it was... In Jesus, and every believer has those same keys and authority too, don't we? We do. And Alex, let me say this. I think God purposefully used Peter as authenticity of what took place there. Because here, like he said, I I've, I don't eat with those people. I, I don't eat that kind of food. But God has shown me. And when Peter went back to Jerusalem to share such a thing, it was significant, and it did carry weight if Peter said, you know, uh, but it wasn't because he had to be the one, is, is I think that's right. By the way, I know you're going to go to the call, but we have lines that are open, and that's 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you. Where to next, Alex? Uh, Michael in Mississippi. Michael, thank you for holding. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello? Michael, yeah, you're yes, on, brother. You're on. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I was wondering how, I mean, I know in the Bible it says, to whom much is given, much is required. And I feel like here in America, we've all been given much. How would you answer someone who says, well, the thief on the cross, he didn't have to do anything. He just told Jesus, remember me. So he didn't repent or get baptized or read a Bible or anything. So how do you how would you answer people? I mean, I don't mean to refute that, but okay. I mean, I feel like that's I good, that's Michael. To yeah, ask. I think it's worth asking. Let me see. Let me make a statement. I'll throw it to Alex. Alex, he we are saved by grace through faith. That was true then. It's true now. We're saved by grace through faith. Go ahead, Alex. Well, yeah, you know, it's been said, my, my dear friend Rick Lawrenson, the longtime pastor of Nags Head Baptist Church, uh, he, he would say this, I think it was true, salvation is the same for everybody. Christian growth, sanctification, though, is different for everybody. Now, the thief on the cross, and, uh, you know, we're, we're all the recipients of God's grace, but he really got the grace of God, you know, because he was was saved and he could have so easily have died lost like the other thief did but you're right he didn't quote have to work or do anything but none of us do and and right now folks i don't care you might be you you think you're a bad sinner maybe somebody else thinks they're a not so bad sinner sin is sin look if if you drown in the ocean if you drown in six inches of water or you drown in 10 miles of water, you're drowned. 
And if you're lost, you're lost. Now, I will say, we who get saved and we're left here on earth and we're living in a crazy time, so we go to church, we tithe, but we're going to get rewarded. The thief on the cross, this side of eternity, he got in real easy, but he's not going to have the rewards that you and I have, is he, Bert? He is not, um, but Michael said about repentance, I, I think he did. I, he didn't use the word. He didn't say, forgive me, but remember his conversation with Jesus and the other thief. When the other thief raised on him, he said, don't you realize we deserve what we're getting? This man has done nothing wrong. And I listen, it's not the word repentance that saves us. It is that it is the thought and the action. And this thief on the cross, he demonstrated that that had occurred in his life, Alex. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I realize he came, but I've been at the deathbed of some people who asked Jesus Christ into their life at the at that point in their life. Uh, listen, if if you were on an airplane. And you knew it was going to crash. And the guy who said next to you said, I want to be saved. Would it be too late to tell him to trust in Jesus Christ as Savior? Because he's not going to have time to, to read his Bible. He's not going to have time to go to church. No, he comes in. It is by the grace of God. Go mm -hmm. ahead, Alex. Well, that, that's great. And thank you for that question. We're going to go to Sandy in North Carolina. Sandy, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hi. Hello. Uh, just had a question. You're on. Okay. The question is, uh, the story of Joseph being in prison, why do you think that Joseph asked the cupbearer to remember, uh, to tell the king to remember him in prison? <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be simple, Sandy, and I'm you, Alex and those folks that's heard me a long time know I do think simply, but uh, I, I, he wanted to get out of prison. You know, yeah. he really and, did. And, I mean, yes, he had reformed the prison, uh, but uh, I think he knew this was not the last place God wanted him. And he said, remember me when you get out. Alex, go uh, ahead. Joseph, uh, Sandy, this is a great question. Joseph interpreted two dreams, one for a baker and one for the cupbearer. And uh, the baker... Joseph said, you know, hey, um, you're going to get executed. Uh, that's what your dream means. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong, but you're going to be executed. But cupbearer, you, you're going to get restored to what you were doing before. And uh, he said, hey, when you finally get back in the king's employ, um, put in a good word for me. Because, yeah, he wanted to get out now. God was sovereignly orchestrating a lot of things. And remember Joseph's vision of the stars bowing down before him and then the, the corn bowing down, and he would become a man of great position. But at that point, he didn't know. I mean, there, he was in a jail cell, and there were no guarantees, and he didn't know what God was going to do in his life ultimately, did he, Bert? He did not, but he had hopes. And listen, yeah. hope's important. Faith, hope, and love. Now, that's calm assurance, but also there's that hope. Okay, Lord, I want you to use me. And uh, I think I think that was uh, Joseph's heart. He, he was ready to get out. God had used him in prison. God had used him. and he. But 
There's a lot more you can do in freedom than you do in bondage in prison. Like it is in China, uh, missions did not take place much in the 60s and 70s, but the church really grew. But in America, there's freedom. Not only did we have great people being saved, but we had missions going all over the world. So freedom for Joseph meant, I think, more service to the Lord. Go ahead, Alex. Amen. Terry in Dallas, Texas. Terry, are you there? I'm still here. Thank you. Yeah. Are you in what they call the Metroplex? Yeah, I were in McKinney, which it all one big one big thing after that. Here's my first time caller and here's my question. In Sunday school, adult Sunday school, I was asked, Will we have jobs, roles, responsibilities in heaven? I said yes. Then I was asked, Can you reference which, which verses talk about that? And I talked, well, it talks about us reigning with Christ in heaven. It talks about us serving God in heaven. And those imply that, yes, we will have roles and responsibilities. And I took it a step further and said, yes, and that our time on earth is in preparation for those roles and responsibilities we'll have in heaven. So I just kind of... Okay, Terry, thank you. I ain't got a lot of time. Let me say this. Uh, listen, heaven, paradise, the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve definitely had their positions and worked with their hands. And so I do believe with all my heart heaven's going to be because God has given us, uh, Alex, I believe God has, it. we're fulfilled in working. You know, go ahead, Alex. Well, Revelation 5.10 says that we are kings and priests to our God, and we will reign on the earth. And also, let me just say this, it says that we're going to judge angels. Isn't that something? And Ephesians 2, 7 through 9 says that in the ages to come, we'll forever be experiencing the riches of God's grace toward us through Christ Jesus. So yeah, heaven's not going to be boring. Uh, We'll have plenty to do, and we'll fulfill that Edenic mandate uh, that we failed in Genesis by falling into sin. Uh, going to squeeze in Jeff. Jeff, uh, right away, what's your question from Oklahoma? Well, I just wanted some insight on how to do about shopping in places with the pride flag and hanging there when we used to shop there. It's a personal choice, Jeff. Uh, I, I've done my best to not do that, especially during the month of June, and others have too. Alex? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I tell you, it's a personal choice. But when I see that flag and the wokeness, I take my business and my wallet somewhere else. It, it makes a statement. And uh, again, Jeff, you're in good standing. By, and you might want to let them know. Uh, AFR, we put out an alert to Cracker Barrel. And we let them know, hey, you've done this. You need to change it around. We'll be back. Tomorrow, it's Friday. Fire away Friday. Tune in for more of Exploring the Word. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.